Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, my name is Gary Mansfield, and this is the Ministry of Arts podcast, where each week I'll be speaking to a different artist. Now let's begin by bagging these bongos. Hello, how are you? And welcome to episode 167 of the Ministry of Arts podcast. It's at this point when I genuinely invite people to support the podcast via our Patreon page, which you can do for as little as £3 a month if that's what you wish. But this week, I'm going to urge anyone to divert that donation over to my good buddy Stu Whiffin's Just Giving page. Now Stu, apart from being an all-round good guy, has been a promoter of an indie club in Essex called The Pink Toothbrush for, well, pretty much as long as it's been called The Pink Toothbrush. He's quite a name in the podcast world, starting on Scroobius Pip's Drunk Cast. Then he started his extremely popular podcast, Hardcore Listings, which I've guested on a couple of times with his good friend Chris Glasson. Well, Stu, with his friend George, over the last couple of weeks, have been gathering humanitarian aid to help those fleeing the war in Ukraine. And what Stu and George have done, they've crammed these donations into a massive van and personally driven it all the way across Europe to the Polish-Ukrainian border, just so that they can get that aid there as quick as possible. And as I mentioned, on top of this drive to the border, Stu has started a Just Giving page which is in aid of War Child. It's a charity that, well, it's in the title really, isn't it? War Child. It looks after children displaced in conflict. So please, if you're able, donate to Stu's Just Giving page, which is www.justgiving.forward/fundraising/forward/stu-whiffin. And Whiffin is W-H-I-F-F-E-N. And if you're not able to do that, 
just go over to his Instagram profile, follow what he's doing and give him a couple of likes. But back to this week's episode. Today I'm introducing you to not only an amazing painter, but an amazing person also. Karen Turner is a good friend of the podcast and has such a great introduction into art, or rather reintroduction into art, that I don't really want to give too much away during this intro. But what I can say is Karen is a figurative painter. She concentrates predominantly on the female form. And a few months ago, when the other art fair opened their applications for their spring show, Karen, who I'm quite sure, if my memory serves me correctly, hadn't publicly showed her work up until that time. But she sent her application off and boom, snapped up. And not only did she get in as a new entrant, And then a couple of weeks ago, she contacted me to tell me that not only did she make it in, she had just been named as the director's choice. Which must have given that imposter syndrome a little bit of an elbow in the ribs, you know what I mean? Now the other art fair opens on Thursday the 17th of March and closes on Sunday the 20th. It's always an excellent event with some amazing artists, many of whom are friends of or guested on this podcast. And I'm about to do a and I'm and I'm about to do a bit of a dodgy thing, which is try and name some off the top of my head. So if I do forget anyone, please forgive me. But we've had its founder, Ryan Stanier, James Early, big up James Early, he makes portraits of the homeless, printmaker Matt Jukes, abstract painter Pratchy Goffey, sculptor Mark Beatty, <laughs> the mighty Michael Warner. Who brings so much colour into city's architecture? Dave Buonaguidi, Will Ackney Dave was there, and time before last, I think. Ben Wakelin with his life drawings. And I can't even think of any more off the top of my head. As I say, if I've missed you out, I do apologise. So yeah, that's Thursday the 17th till Sunday the 20th. Go and grab your tickets online and, and I might even see you there. And if you do go, make sure to go over and say hello to today's guest. So please, come and join me as I spoke over Zoom to Karen Turner. Is that one in progress behind you? That is just finished, that one. Uh, Slightly bigger than normal. Don't know if you can see very well. Oh, nice. a rough idea. Do you paint that size for convenience? Um... I don't really know. I think probably partly I'm just not ready to go big. And I don't yeah. know if, if I if I will go super, super, super big because that one is actually bigger than I normally do. That's 50 by um, 50 wide, 76 high centimetres. Whereas uh, the, my average is kind of 40 high, 30 wide. So yeah. yeah, that is quite big for me. But yeah, I think it's I think it was partly just caution to begin with, just sort of yeah. didn't really know how good I would be and didn't want to try and do something I wasn't capable of. And now I'm getting a bit braver. But equally, I don't know how much I want to do something massive. But that might change. We'll see. Yeah, well, if there's no no call for it, there's no reason for it, is there, you know? Yeah. People often say when they see the paintings in real life that they thought they were going to be bigger. They just sort of assumed they were really, really massive. Um, well, so I that- thought that when I saw them online. And, yeah, I figured they were larger just because they generally are. And then when yeah. I saw... I don't know how I saw it, but there was one that was showing to scale. And yeah, um, yeah I was quite surprised that they were yeah. smaller than expected. Every now and then, I think I, I'd like to do a really big one and surprise people. But there's a kind of, there's a point there for me when they go so big that 
I don't know, the detail's not the same. I really, really like working with fine detail. Yeah. So I think if something goes too big, then I might not be able to do that in the same way. But who knows? I think I'll just gradually scale up until I know that this is too big for me and I'll start kind of moving back down again. I would like to do a big painting with more than one figure in it. Yeah. And for that, I would need a bigger canvas. So maybe that's well, the way. If you did do it bigger and try to keep the detail, then your painting style would, would have to change, wouldn't it? Because you couldn't exactly. spend months and months on one painting. It wouldn't be viable, would it? Exactly, yeah, because yeah, at the moment it takes me sort of, depending on how many hours I get to paint in a day, it takes sort of between one and two weeks to do a painting. Yeah, so if nice. they went really, then I don't know how long that would take. But I guess it depends on, on you know, what there's big and there's big, you know, canvas might be big, but, but what exactly is on it. Yeah. So, you know, I would like to do several figures on one one day. We'll see. Well, I suppose this, this little bit of chat that we've had already sort of pushes the first question out the window a little bit. But... <laughs> For, for anyone that doesn't know your work, could you explain what it is you do? Yes, I paint in oils um, and I paint um, large people, I suppose is the best way of describing it. Um, it's kind of, people talk a lot about body positive art and I think it's more, I hope it's more than body positive art because I'm not, I, I think body positive sort of expects people to love their bodies no matter what they look like. And I think that then just puts more pressure on people who aren't comfortable with their bodies it's just another sense of failure it's like one thing is they don't like their bodies and then it, to people it, it's it's what I guess what I'm trying to say is I hope my paintings are about fat positivity yeah. rather than body positivity yeah, yeah. it's about people not being discriminated against for their size and I just think there's not enough big people in paintings as much as you kind of think oh Rubens and you know I don't think there is enough fat people in paintings yeah um, and I think when there has been they're often not very celebratory so if you look at painters like Freud or Jenny Savile I think that they can be quite grotesque they can it, it, it doesn't celebrate them in the way that I want to so yeah, yeah that's how I describe what I do I, I paint what I hope are fat positive paintings and your paintings are predominantly female as well aren't they yes yeah I mean really that is when I'm painting I'm painting women but I'm, I'm keep on saying people because I'm conscious that one of the models that I paint more than any other is non-binary so she's not actually from there not to she so but 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 still at the same time the kind of the, the thinking behind them all is about the female body it's still a female body even though ruby is a they and that's because i mean mostly it's because i'm a woman that i'm more interested yeah. in women um but also because they're about the pressure that society puts on people to look a certain way and as much as they do that no matter what sex you are they definitely do it more to women and i think it is oh definitely women. yeah i mean as you can see i'm above average as the weight goes and I've seen that yeah I've seen that throughout my life there a, a guy can get away with being overweight and and the, the girl not so much so in, yeah, in society's eyes you level know. of expectation society expects a woman to look a particular way so that's that's really why the focus it's is changing on. a lot though isn't it I hope so yeah it feels like it I hope so. Because I know body so. positivity is, is a much bigger thing now than it ever used to be. Yeah. But it's, it still feels like it's a bit safe. If you look at, was it Dove that had adverts a year or two ago with, with what was supposed to be kind of diverse range of bodies? But they're still not that big. They're still, do you know what I mean? They're, yeah, they're, yeah, they're yeah. the acceptable side of body positivity. And I, I think, you know, if, if I think there's, I don't know all the terms, but there's different terms for sort of the level of, fact that you are and, and people who are really you know quite a lot bigger than you see represented in normal body positivity would, would say that they're not represented at all what i mean it's, i'm showing my ignorance here what size is deemed um like a, a plus size 
I mean, crazily, probably um, in this. You're fucking country, ten in the fashion industry. Well, well, <laughs> I mean, in the fashion industry, yes, I think you're right. I think it probably would be ten. Wow. Like if you're a oh, model. But yeah. then I think in society, many people would consider sort of 14 to 16 being, and that's ridiculous. That's, that's you know, average, if not small for yeah. average. But, you know, that, that's the expectation. Um, but, you know, people go up to all sorts of sizes. And I, and I think that's the thing. I think if you're sort of maybe 16 or 18, maybe you are represented by the body positivity movement. But I don't think you are once you start reaching into the 20s. I think people like that are still discriminated against. And, and yeah. I think... They find it hard to find the right clothes and you know all sorts of things so yeah I'm, I'm not, not that I'm you know I can't speak for them because I, I don't know enough about the whole thing but I, I do hope that at least the paintings help to contribute in some way to uh, brilliant well there's a there's a, a model called Jess Megan she's friends with friends of mine she's she's a larger larger model and she, she puts a lot of stuff a lot of content over social media but what she also does, she shows herself at work facially. Yeah. And then she takes her makeup off and just says to the, hopefully, or presumably rather, the young girls that are, that are watching, it's yeah. all it's paint. This, you know, exactly. I've, this is all just and sort really, of smoke and mirrors. inspiring. So much so that I, I sort of directed my teenage daughter towards her, you know. Oh, brilliant. I mean, and I hope that's the thing, because I think it's difficult now for younger people growing up that there's sort of there's two sides. One is that hopefully there are a lot more positive messages out there to help them feel like they don't have to look a certain way. But, but on the other hand, there's a lot more stuff out there on Instagram and, and influencers. And, you know, it must be incredibly difficult now growing up to not worry about. What there's no filters in real life, is there? You yeah, know? Exactly. Although yes. we've, we've had years of Zoom, so, we, you know, you can. You can slightly look after yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, <clears throat> excuse me. My cousin, um, I mean, she's, she's mid-30s now, but when she was at school, she was uh, uh, larger than larger than average, but she had no care in the world. You yeah. Know? It was really quite inspiring. You yes. Know? Especially when all of her friends were trying to look a certain way, as, as teenage girls try to do, you know, with all these influences being thrown at them. And... Yeah, I mean, she still kept up with the fashion, but she wasn't trying to, to you know, sort of... Hide her size. Exactly. Because that's exactly. the thing, I think that's what, you know, and the people I paint, I think, are incredibly inspiring because they look amazing. And, you know, it's a shame there's not more clothes out there for, for very big people, but, but the you know, you do see the people that I look at just look incredible. They're, they're, they're not trying to dress for their size. They're trying to dress for who they are and the way they want to look. If they want to wear a bikini, they want to wear a bikini. Why yeah. not? Well, I was going to ask if you drew from life or painted from life. And um, I, it's really from photos because yeah. all this started because I, you know, before lockdown, I wasn't an artist at all. Um, so it, obviously everything had to be from photos because I couldn't have anybody in the studio. Um, and now, even though I can, and I had somebody here um, at the weekend, we still took a load of photos because I like to work in detail and I, and I, couldn't really do a Freud and have somebody sit there every day for, oh, hours for months, you know, as much as that might be nice. But yeah, so I do. I've just got very used to working from photos. Um, and, you know, I quite like it as well when you get incredibly high quality photos and really brilliant lighting, which is one of the reasons why I love Ruby's photos that I work from, because the whole set is incredible. The lighting is incredible. The colours that you get on the skin are incredible. So, yeah, I've just got really used to working from photos. But, you know, I, I, I would like to try and do a little bit more from life with time. Yeah, well, it's a it's a strange old moment to be drawing from life. That's for sure, isn't it? <laughs> Definitely. Did you always have art in the home growing up? 
Um, yes, we did. I mean, not not in any kind of grand way, um, but we always kind of had it in our lives. So we were quite quite an indoorsy family. So weekends would be spent going to museums and galleries and, and things like that. So yeah, we saw a lot of art like that. And most of my family are pretty good at art. Whether they do it or not is another matter. But we, you know, we've all kind of been able to do it. So yeah, I grew up knowing that that's that's just a thing that's out there. Um, but equally, I didn't grow up thinking it was something you could do for a job my uncle was a very good artist but was was sort of penniless and some of the time homeless so that was the message was that's, that's the artist life the, isn't it yeah exactly there's no money in it and no. you know they did always say if he'd wanted to he could make money but he would have been going down a road that he didn't suit him it was too commercial that's not what he was you know so I sort of always I just grew up thinking it's not something you do for a career which is why I never did it for a career yeah. but, but it was always there and was your was your in Excuse me. Did you have an interest in art at that young age? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I kind of always drew as far as I remember. And I really, really remember kind of one of my earliest memories. I don't know what age I would have been, but I remember being at school, you know, junior school, whatever age that is. Um, and I remember doing a drawing and a teacher saying, did you do that? And it suddenly became very clear that that wasn't normal. And I really liked that feeling that I was yeah. doing something much better than everybody else so then you want to do more um so yeah I did always draw and I remember when I was young whenever I was bored I'd always say to my mom I'm bored and she'd just say draw something so you know I, yeah it was I always did it um and I went to um I did my A-levels at, it wasn't you know, so I never went to university to do art but I did my A-levels at, um, at a kind of art-focused college in Hampstead nice um, so I kind of knew as long as I was studying that was what I would be wanting to do but I didn't go on from there I didn't go to university because my art teacher said that I wouldn't like the foundation course because he said you're really clear you know what you want to do and that's oil painting and if you did a foundation course you'd be having to do all sorts of things yeah, that just would, yeah. would annoy you um so I don't think you'd like it um and so that was that I mean I maybe I should have ignored that and done it anyway but although I don't, I don't think I regret it because it's never too late and that's why I'm doing it now <laughs> did yeah. you have a gap when you wasn't painting yeah 25 years that's a gap <laughs> <laughs> What was you doing in the meantime? Um, well, I basically, after college, I just went out and got a job. Course, um, and yeah. I worked sort of got accidentally. I just went to the job centre and said, what have you got? And they suggested a job, which they said pays too little and I wouldn't bother. But I was like, well, if it's better than nothing, I'll start there. Um, and it was in um, what was then called press cuttings, which is now called media intelligence. But it's what used to be people just literally cutting bits of newspapers out of cutting out newspapers to give to people to show what's being said about them so um you know whether it was oh, a, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know an artist wanting to know how their show went or an actor wanting to know you know what the reviews were or and now it's it's all businesses that need to know and it, it, that's why it's called media intelligence because now companies have not just the coverage itself but they also have um i've forgotten all the terminology because i don't work in that side of it anymore but but um I can't remember the terminology at all, but yeah, anyway, it's, it's now big businesses that, that have it. So that is actually the industry I've been in for 25 years, even though it's not my thing at all and I'm not a specialist in it. Um, and, and the bit that I, the job that I, because I still have the day job doing that and the job that I do isn't in that side. I, I look after a, a client and client relationship platform. Um, so it's kind of designing processes and working on cloud-based software. So it's totally different. But it's you know it's been a good career in that I've always been comfortable. I've always had a decent job. I've always worked with really great people, so I have enjoyed it. But when lockdown came along and I had a load of free time, I just thought it's probably time to stop putting off art because I always intended to go back to it. That was always the plan. I just oh, you thought, only went back to it recently. Yeah, I went back to it less than two years ago. Well, there you go. Brilliant. 
Excellent. I mean, it was literally lockdown. It was it was in lockdown, and it was the NHS portraits for heroes that, that did it. I saw Tom, or I heard Tom Croft on the news talking about that, and I thought, oh, I think I'd quite like to do that. But then I was really worried. Thinking, well, I haven't done anything for so many years. Could I even do a portrait? Um, but I particularly liked it as well because it was for the NHS, and I've spent a lot of time in NHS hospitals over the years because I've got Crohn's disease and I had a very bad car accident as well about twenty years ago. So I just sort of thought, oh, do you know what? Even if I can't do it brilliantly, I can at least try. And yeah. for that, you had to have an Instagram um, account. So I set up an Instagram account and sort of made out I was this artist <laughs> um, and said, oh, you know, Fucking I'll do a portrait brilliant. and then did a few portraits. And then just kind of, it just went from there. Excellent. So, yeah, from nothing to this. Oh, what a great story. <laughs> what a great story. So how often do you paint now? Every day. So yeah, even even though I have the day job, I it's, I'm lucky because I've always worked from home. Well, since we moved from London to Suffolk, so seven years, we always worked from home, and it was always flexible. So I can do painting at the end of the day, beginning of the day, sort of however, as long as I do all the normal hours in my job, it doesn't really matter what day, what days and times I do them. So I would, on average, work whether it's the day job or this from about eight in the morning till about eight at night, Monday to Friday, and then nine to five at the weekend just painting. So I'm sort of doing two full-time jobs at the moment superb yeah hopefully oh, one what day. a great story oh brilliant oh that thing's good but yeah hopefully one day i'll be able to ditch the day job but you know it doesn't happen overnight so was you surprised with the outcome of that first drawing um after not literally having your hand in it for for 25 um, years probably not the very first one i think i probably they weren't brilliant to begin with, but they didn't take too long to get better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a warm-up sort of thing, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So I think the first few weeks were probably a bit rubbish. Um, although I think I probably thought at the time they weren't that bad, all things considered. But, you know, if I look back now, they were rubbish. But, um, but yeah, it just, I, I think because I did it every day, and I think because I just felt I could do it, I, I, everything I did that wasn't good enough, I knew I could do better. So I didn't yeah. sort of think, oh, this isn't quite good enough, I should give this up. I never never wanted to give it up I just I knew there was more in there I knew it's like I mean I remember when I was young I used to walk around the National Portrait Gallery looking at paintings going I could do that I could do that just as well as that artist just yeah. completely believed I could do it so yeah I just kind of stuck with it excellent when you started was it was it a drawing you'd done first of all it was actually it was a painting but it wasn't a brilliant one I wish it had been better and so then for the the um the doctor that I, or it was nurse actually that I did it for. Well, the doctor in training, she was a nurse then, she's a doctor in training now, but I did it for. Um, I then did a drawing because I thought, thought, I don't think this painting was, it had a good enough likeness, so I did that. Um, and then, yeah, I just kind of stuck with drawings, I think probably because of that painting, and I thought that's not quite as good as I want it to be. Um, and so I got a bit nervous of painting and just thought, well, I can't really paint as well as I want to. But and the drawings were getting better and better, and people seemed on Instagram to really like the drawings. So I just did them for probably about a year, really, really wanting to paint, but thinking, oh, I can't paint as well as I can draw, so I'm not ready. And then I just realised that I'll never be very good if I don't do it. No. So I started painting, and it was only then when I went back and started painting fat people that I was like, oh, this is working now. This Suddenly I can do it. it rather than just doing people's faces, I was focusing on the body, and it just all kind of fell into place and I haven't drawn it. Well, I mean, I draw before I paint, but I haven't drawn a drawing just for the sake of a drawing. So, so that, do, I, do I presume that you had to go out and buy a bulk load of equipment? Oh, I suppose so, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, I had, I had some old bits of paint, but they weren't really 
good enough, you know, over the years. So yeah, I did go out and buy a load of, I mean, and that's where I'm lucky that I've got the day job. So I've been able to fund all of this through that, yeah. um, which is, you know, a massive luxury. So yeah, I had to, I mean, I suppose as well, the canvases were quite small, so it wasn't as big an expense as it could have been by having yeah. to go out and buy all that kind of stuff. And I still had some old brushes, but yeah. And then and over time, able to move from that little studio to this, this bigger one, a bit further into the house. Superb, what a great story. And, and I so didn't realise that. Um, the, the drawings that you mm. create, yeah, they're, they're very linear and, and a lot of the background is present, isn't it? Sort of do and don't do. I mean, I have done some with backgrounds. When I've done bigger drawings, there's been backgrounds um, and smaller ones less so. But I did used to like to do kind of colour for backgrounds is quite a big thing and so in the drawing there was less color so I used to kind of focus a lot on doing a nice sort of sheen around somebody's face and that kind of thing but yeah I've never been overly interested in in drawing or painting things beyond people no and it, it does put them in a space doesn't it in, yeah and a lot of the time you may not even put a shadow underneath to yes. sit yeah. them on the floor so they yeah, are so they are literally just floating in midair yeah <laughs> yeah I mean when I, when I first discovered art um, there was um, in a in an old book. There was like these old Leonardo drawings yeah. that would just there'd be a a painting in the middle, and then just all these little sketches around the outside. Yes. And it was those little sketches that really caught my eye because they were beautifully drawn, but very illustrative, if you like. They, yes. they yeah. looked like they had taken a few moments to draw, but they were perfectly drawn. And yeah. it's that sort of thing that that um, come back to mind when I saw your drawings and, and your paintings alike. Oh, well, that's a nice comparison. I'll take that. <laughs> I'm sure you will, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, when did you realise you want to be an artist? I know that you came back into it two years ago or thereabouts. Yeah. Did you think, first of all, it'd be a hobby and then it grew into a second income? Yeah, I definitely thought it was going to be a hobby. That's all I, I just yeah. that's all I ever thought it could ever be, ever. Um, especially kind of doing it now I don't know why you think you know, I don't know why now would be too late at all but yeah I, it was definitely just going to be a hobby um so yeah I don't know when um it was definitely after the painting rather than just the drawings because you know I did sell drawings but it still was just you know just a little bit of income and, you know nothing more than a hobby um actually it was probably when I entered a painting into the Hollybush um Emerging Women Painter Prize and um got into the final so I was one of I can't remember how many artists but it was 10 or 15 something like that um, and I thought oh hang on a minute I've been painting if you you know ignore the the break I've been painting for like a few months and I'm shortlisted along with you know, like some really amazing artists and I thought oh, I think this uh, there could be something here this could actually and I think as well you know I got a lot of really good feedback on Instagram kind of from day one so I, I knew that there was to an extent an audience so yeah I think it was that I think it was probably being shortlisted for that that made me think this could actually turn into something and why don't I try and do the most I can to yeah. make a career out of it well it's you know we all get um sort of compliments friends and family but it's mm. not until um a stranger for for no other reason than looking yeah. at your artwork is you know it pays them a compliment that's the um the, the pat on the back that that we all look for isn't it you know yes. and especially you know on Instagram so many people on there are artists themselves so you know people yeah. who've been doing it for years people who've been doing it for weeks people you know just all sorts of different types of artists and, and so that you know that means a lot as well to have artists pat you on the back yeah so nice you know, I could I could I could do this so 
that's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> and which piece that you've created has got the um, strongest emotional connection, do you think? And possibly that one, the one that I entered into the Hollywood, because that was the first one that was sort of, And wh you know, which one was that again, sorry? That was called um, Every Fold, and I don't have it because it, it's sold, which is another reason probably why it's it's kind of emotional for me, because it was the first painting that I sold. I mean, I sold it because of the, the Hollywood Prize. Um, um, and it's, yes, yeah, just kind of one of my classic pictures. I'll show you, this, this is the companion piece to it. This is a, um, it's a painting of a model called Kira who lives in Florida. So this this is the other one. So yeah, Every Fold is yeah, kind of very similar to that, but a, a slightly different position. So it's just, again, a kind of classic figure on a linen canvas with not much in the way of background, but just amazing model, beautiful skin, brilliant pose. Yeah, and standing next to the tablecloth, likewise with, with the folds, perfect. Yeah, yes, perfect. yes, exactly. And that, that it was, it was leaning on that same same cloth. So yes, that was why the every fold title. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, we did have a couple of questions, which I should have paid more attention to because you've pretty much answered both of them it's um do you paint larger scale yeah i suppose the answer at the moment is the largest is um i, I did i did a 50 by 100 100 tall 50 wide and this one is 75 by 50 um so yeah that's kind of the largest at the moment but i'll, I'll work my way up but i can't see myself going really much beyond kind of 100 by 100 realistically and another one, it just mentioned, um, why the bare canvas? Uh, well, I, that, that is, because, I mean, aside from the fact that I love linen canvas, I just think it looks beautiful. Um, I just think it looks so good next to the skin because I don't do backgrounds usually um, much. I just think it would look quite strange if you had a figure floating in midair on a, on a canvas that was, you know, covered in white gesso. I just yeah. don't think it in fact, I think the, the colour of the raw linen next to the skin really, really works. Um, I was going to say another reason for that, but I can't remember what it was. So, yeah, I think just the, the <laughs> colour really works. Do you prime underneath the figure? Um, they are pre-primed. I don't. I always buy canvases that are ready to go, so they are pre-primed. I've had a couple where you're supposed to, to size it and then and then yeah. gesso it, and I kind of haven't got around to doing that yet. I just kind of I'm lazy, and I like buying ones that are uh, ready it, to go. It, it's not lazy. If it works what you're doing, it works what you're doing, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. And some of them as well. There's a brand that I often use called Frisk, which has a little bit of a kind of shiny sheen, which is brilliant. But I hadn't fully noticed until I exhibited them last year, and they were under a light, and it looked like there was this kind of 
amazing sort of shimmery glow on it all which yeah. everybody thought I'd put on afterwards so that's that was a bonus <laughs> I liked hearing that Francis Bacon used to put his canvases around the other way or or have the canvas put on back to front so it was more rough you know oh wow that would be an interesting thing to try and you would have to stretch your own canvas if you were going to do that though yeah. yeah and again one day I would consider doing that because as much as I don't necessarily want to go huge I would like to try different shapes of canvas that aren't so readily available so for that I guess I would have to I say stretch my own I would get Phil to do it for me my husband <laughs> he does all those kinds of things of course so, yeah, yeah, I could try. is he an artist as well he's not no he's uh, he's a kind of a, a man of all jobs he, well he's a writer um but then around the house he can do pretty much anything so I'm I'm lucky he also thankfully because I'm you know effectively doing two full-time jobs at the moment he does pretty much all of the housework too so I I have the luxury of sitting here on a Saturday while he comes in hoovering around me and emptying the bins. <laughs> no, I only asked that because you said where he would stretch a canvas and, you know, for, oh, yeah. for some people... He wouldn't know how to better. now, but we'd get a YouTube video and we'd work it out. Oh, sure yeah, bless, you, bless YouTube, eh? <laughs> um, Karen, if there was you and five other artists, past and present, what would your ideal group show be? I've, I've thought about this because obviously every time I listen to your podcast, I think, what would I say? Um, but I still don't know for definite. Um, I would say Lisa Uscavage, because I think her stuff is amazing. Um, so definitely her. Um, probably you'd have to say Paula Rago as well. I, mean, I think probably I would go for a load of female artists. Um, maybe Cindy Sherman, actually. Not, nice. not um, paintings, but yeah, I like, again, just the way she kind of represents people and, and the way she represents kind of what we think people should look like and what we think the way they look means yeah, about yeah um um how many is that i'd have to have you because you know everybody so we'd have a <laughs> um let's say lempika tamara de lempika another female artist who's brilliant so yeah all, all women and you oh that, that i'm quite all right with that <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the perfect environment i reckon <clears throat> unless i'm unless i'm the larger one being painted that's true we and if you wasn't an artist what would you like to be karen well it wouldn't be what my day job is not that i've got any problem with it but it wouldn't be the dream job um i think it would either be um working in a wardrobe department for um probably a tv no, or a firm that works in tv i suppose maybe film as well um, or working in the set design department. Basically, I love vintage clothes um, and vintage furniture. This studio looks normal, but around our house, every room is a different decade. So we've got a 1950s bedroom. Oh, superb. The 1970s TV room. And we really, really love sourcing stuff for as little money as possible. Brilliant. Um, so I would love to do that for, you know, TV programme. And especially if it was, you know, sort of modern furniture. I don't yeah. Think I could but if you, it was set in the 1700s, that wouldn't be my specialist subject. But yeah, so basically either, either doing set design of that type or, or finding the costumes for it. And we used to have, um, before lockdown, we stopped it because everything got too busy. We had a little online Etsy shop selling vintage clothes because we used to always buy vintage clothes and wear them. And if they didn't fit, we would sell them in the yeah, shop. Brilliant. We often had people from wardrobe departments, either at TV or um, theatre, buying our stuff for their models and sometimes we'd sort of need to buy a few have them sent out to try them on on the models to see if they work for me kind of swap them back and, that, and I kind of thought I think I could have done that job that would have been good fun so yeah something some either of those two or both maybe having a company that did them both 
superb. I went to a props place once mm. and it was the strangest place ever. <laughs> it was like going up into the best loft in the world. You that know? would be amazing. See, I used to have dreams of things like that, walking into a room where you just have, is it, was it Angels and Bermans, the, the firm that did, they used to have a load of costumes, all sorts of different decades, and you could hire them for parties, but they were really good quality. It wasn't right. like going to a fancy dress shop. It was serious quality. I think they still exist, but they might just be called Angels. Um, but I've, yeah, I, I've heard of that one. Yeah, I'd seen them on TV when they were Angels and Bermans, and it was just like a warehouse full of, you know, what decade do you want yeah. to be? just looked incredible so yeah I would dream of walking into places like that excellent you're saying about your 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 job when you started it I remember when I first started writing to the artist when I was in prison yeah. years ago and in their press packs it would be a photocopy of a of a, a cutting so you'd have like an image and then just the, the column of yeah. text Can you remember what color paper it was on no no if it was green, it would have been because what year? What what years were you in prison? This would have been ninety. It would have been ninety six ish, um, and they would have come via the, the the white cube. Listen, like the big galleries of of that yeah. time. Yeah, because those are exactly the kind of people that would have press cuttings. And it could have been from because at the time I worked for a company called Durrance, um, from about ninety seven. I worked there and when often it, they, they were sent out on a green piece of paper. Every now and then on TV, you see a press cutting. I'm like, it's one of ours, it's one of ours. <laughs> now I work for a company called um, Onclusive, but um, it's all kind of come from the same place. But yeah, Durrance was one of the really early ones that started in the 1800s, I think. Wow. Because I did think then, I thought, wow, there, there is someone employed to buy every newspaper and just troll through. I figured if they've got 30 artists, they'll just be sort of yeah. looking for their... And that, place, that's, that's you know. exactly how it started. It was apparently, this is the story that I've heard, that it used to be a guy called Durrant who um, used to go down to his local newsagent in the 1800s, I don't know if we called a newsagent, whatever it was. He'd go and buy a paper and there would be um, actors there looking through the papers, not wanting to buy them, looking through, looking for their reviews. And he said, what are you doing? And so I want to see what was said about me. He said, don't worry, I'll, I'll do that for you. So he started collecting up the papers and, and taking cuttings for yeah. different actors. And then it, it eventually turned into a full business. Um, but yeah, like everybody now has to have their press cuttings. But it, but I always used to think it was funny. But now it's all done on computers, so you don't have anybody reading the no. papers. You don't have anybody cutting them out. The computer identifies it all from sort of text you've put into a into a machine. Wow. But when I started, you did read it and you did cut it out. And my first job was as a cutter. My title was cutter, and I just was given a knife and a ruler on day one, and you just had to cut bits of articles out of newspapers and stick them on a piece of paper and send them to you know the galleries and that might have been the stuff you saw so if anyone wants a kidnap um note made up you're the person to come and see <laughs> <laughs> but also from that job i only did that for a few weeks before becoming a reader and that looked really lazy because if you walked into that room we just were sat there reading newspapers you literally yeah. just sat and i mean you weren't really reading them you were kind of scanning them of but still looked like a room full of people reading papers which i did for years i used to really love that job and then you'd done what passed that on to the the cutters um, yes, exactly. So you would you would sort of scan it and you mm -hmm. would mark out who was mentioned in it. But it would be all sorts of things. So you might have galleries that were mentioned or theatres or, or actors or companies, but also all sorts of strange um, uh, things like we used to have an account for public toilets. So any mention of a public toilet, I've got no idea who that was for. <laughs> but any mention George of Michael. 
<laughs> we had we had George Michael. He was a client. Because oh, wow. when I was at Lawrence, they had all the, the <laughs> that kind of the sort of the more media world. The company I moved yeah. on to was was sort of more big business and, and finance. So, but yeah, we had Excellent. George Michael. In fact, we had um, it wasn't really Hugh Grant. It was Liz Hurley, but she had an account that also looked for Hugh Grant. And after he was caught in America with a prostitute. Um, she then apparently, I don't know if this is true, but she apparently sent, when she got the invoice for the coverage, she sent um, a letter or an email or whatever, it was the 90s, what do we do, emails, yeah, um, to the um, client services department and said, thank you very much for all this coverage, because obviously there was a lot more than normal, and she said, Hugh will be paying it this month. <laughs> I can imagine, I can imagine. <laughs> I true story, but that was, that was what people said. But yeah, so yeah, you, there, was, there was some interesting coverage that we did back then, but yeah, just a... It's funny, it's funny looking back at how sort of easy it was to do, just literally cutting things out of papers and now how modernised it is. And does that affect the way that you read a paper now? It did then. It doesn't now, but it did then because I just used to see terms and, and sort of, well, I suppose sometimes I might actually think about an, an old, you know, pro probably if I saw a mention of a public toilet, I would stop and think, ah. Wow. But yeah, definitely back then you couldn't really read anything without thinking, oh, that's, and, and, and it would get really boring at the weekend as well because you'd see something and think, oh, I must tell somebody that this is in here because we would miss cuttings too. Yeah, of course. So, so you missed coverage um, and the client would usually know. And I was thinking, how on earth do they know that we've, you know, if we're being paid to look through their press, how come they know what's in their press and tell us that we've missed it? But they always did. Yeah, I mean, because most of us would have, looked through a, a page of text looking for something in particular. Yeah. But having the trained eye to do that, I presume it's as if it's standing out in bold text. Yeah, and, and I, for some reason I had I had a really good eye for it. I was kind of better than anybody else because you used to get so many cuttings a day and the average was like 100 cuttings a day would be a good day. And I think the record was like 250 or something. And my record ended up being 880 something. I just was really, really, really good. I could just look at something and see all the different, it was really weird. So yeah, and it definitely is a physical thing. It's not just about your mind remembering the search terms, although you did need to remember all the clients that we had. Yeah. But somehow my eye could just see all this stuff just at a quick glance. Weird. Yeah, when I, was, when I was in jail, there was a solicitor and watching him read a book, like sitting in the library reading the book and it, it wouldn't be just turning one page after the other but it would be sort of like I, I can't remember now maybe 10 or 15 seconds on each page and it, it's just literally like looking at each line of text and then he go to the next one and it was absolutely fascinating to watch and he he absorbed the book somehow you wow know. yes I couldn't do that I, I could scan it and find the search terms but it, I, we, I, the story wouldn't be going in I wouldn't really know kind of too much about what was this. so I definitely couldn't read a book like that yeah, I, you know, I'd read the, the book, the, the page quicker than I'd read the title, you know. <laughs> have you got anything coming up at the moment? I have. I've got several things coming up at the moment. The big one is um, the other art fair. Excellent. In, uh, in the Truman Brewery. So, yeah, I don't know exactly when this is coming out, but that is on the 17th to the 20th of March. And that's kind of feels really big for me because I didn't think I would get in. I hear it's quite hard to get into and having only I've only done one exhibition, um, which was at Art Fair East in December. Um, so I kind of thought, why don't I try applying for the other art fair? And I thought I'll probably have to apply a few goes before I have any chance of getting in. And I got in, so I don't know quite how that happened. So, yeah, that is very exciting to to get there and you know who knows if I'll sell anything I'm not really there for that I'm more interested in just kind of getting the experience and learning from how the whole thing works meeting yeah. other artists 
meeting people. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. At the same time, I've got um, an exhibition in a gallery in Massim in North, North Yorkshire. Nice. But it falls at the same time, so I can't be in two places at once. So I'll have to have paintings in two places at once, but I'll be Oh, it's fine. the same weekend. It, but it's actually, it's over a longer period of time, actually. Yeah. It's from the um, 2nd of March, no, sorry, it ends the 2nd of May, starts the 11th of March, I think that is. But yeah, so the opening kind of clashes really with um, with the other art fair. But yeah, that'll be quite fun for me, having only done one exhibition before, to suddenly have two at the same time. Excellent. Brilliant. So yeah, and also there's um, an auction that I'm going to be involved in for, there's um, uh, the Women in Art, um, the exact name of this so I'm saying this right um they they kind of came from the Hollywood painting um women in women in art CIC and they are a, a community interest company yeah. um, designed to support female artists and try and kind of redress the balance of you know how many male artists tend to end up in galleries versus women ones so they have an auction coming up. Um, I think it hopefully will start 14th of February. And the idea is it will close on um, International Women's Day, which is the 8th of March. So I'm going to have a couple of paintings in that. So that should be good fun too. I don't, I don't know at the moment know who the other artists are. I think there's going to be about 30 to 40 artists. Nice. But I presume they will all be women. And where was that? Sorry? It's going to be online. Oh, um, and it, it's being organised by the Women in Art CIC. Excellent. And the other art fair, what are you going to have on show there? Well, I'm definitely going to have this big painting of Ruby. That will be Excellent. my main one. Although I'm kind of hoping I might between now and then be able to squeeze in one more bigger painting because that obviously takes a little bit longer than the slightly smaller ones. So yeah, I'm hoping to do another big one of Ruby. But do you know what? It'll probably be quite heavily Ruby on the walls when it comes Good. to that. Yeah, it's going to be some of my sort of the slightly larger, yeah, a lot of... And is it just paintings or drawings? As well. It will just be paintings. I did take some drawings to um, to Art Fair East in Norwich and nobody was really interested in them and they were kind of going through the rack looking and it was only towards the end I realised what they were looking for were prints of the paintings. So my plan is to have some prints instead. Excellent. As, as well or instead? In, instead of drawings. I mean, I suppose oh, I could Sorry, take... I thought you meant instead of paintings. Oh, no, no, I'll definitely have paintings. But yeah, the plan is to have a few, I don't know exactly which ones I'll choose yet, but some limited edition prints, just sort of maybe three different paintings, I'll see, maybe more, we'll see. But, um, but yeah, I just, I don't, I don't think anybody really was, I think probably because at the fair, they, they didn't know me, and a few people came from Instagram, but for the most part, they didn't know me, and they saw these paintings and, and liked them, but didn't necessarily want to spend the money for, you know, a full original. So just, you know, wanted a smaller version and then was like, well, what's these drawings? These, yeah. You know, the drawings well, that's aren't the great really... thing of an art fair is that you don't yeah. have to know the, the person. As you're walking along, passing, you know, each stall within a couple yeah. of paces, looking left and right, you're making new discoveries. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It was brilliant for meeting new people, actually. Absolutely brilliant. It was, you know, it went so much better than I thought it would. I didn't really know what to expect, having never done one, but... Was fantastic i'm definitely going to be doing that again at the end of this year so that's a, it was a really really good art fair um but yes so instead of drawings prints i think they might be excellent wanted. and how many paintings do you think you'd be taking um maybe about 10. nice don't want to take too many um and you know it's not a huge space i've got i've got one of the is it five meters the smallest booth that you can get i think um see so yeah, i don't want to crowd it Five meters. I think so. I've, I've, 
the smallest. Yeah, or is it four? I, I thought it was. I thought it was three, but it, it, oh, oh shit! You have the you have the side. What is does that come in it as well? The side walls in. The yeah, front. I think yeah, that's classed. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, I think I think I thought you meant might... a five meter stretch. <laughs> oh no, no, I, I, it's basically you get. I think five meters is the smallest. I think it is, um, and you it yeah, three is three meters yeah. plus the meter partition. Exactly, but what they say at the moment until we get nearer the time is they don't know exactly how that will be laid out. It probably will be, you know, sort of three and then two. Yeah. But but equally, it might be a slightly different layout. So kind of don't assume you're going to get a set thing. But yeah, in total, I think it's five metres. So yeah, well, I don't want to crowd it. Is that, is that the figure that you've used as your little advertisement for the other outfit? The one I haven't, yeah, I haven't done any of that yet. They haven't asked for sort of a particular... I saw one on your Instagram. Did you just make that Oh, yes, yourself? yes. Yeah, I did that myself. Yeah, that, that was... Um, that was this one. Which is, again, slightly bigger by my standards. That's the one I... Love put it. on there. That yellow really pings off of that canvas, doesn't it? The blonde uh, yeah. hair. Colour. I really love putting quite bright. I kind of, you know, you want the skin to look realistic, but then I always try and put something just to sort of. Yeah, with give... you with your drawings, when you put something um, in the next, background yeah, next... to make the profile, yeah, they really ping off of there. Yeah, it really works. And and yeah, I just really really love colour. And although you know. There's obviously a lot of paintings out there that are a lot more colourful than mine because I am trying to represent you know realistic skin tones. I just think you can still put in, you know, hints of really bright colours. Yeah, brilliant. How do they look with a frame, Karen? Well, I usually do the, all of them with a fairly simple frame, including this one. I just do that. Oh, kind perfect. Of group, yeah, nice a little tray frame. Simple. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, just, oh, Karen, that looks fucking gorgeous. It really but, does look good. <laughs> In the auction, that's one of the ones that's going. And that's a perfect frame as well. It just needs to be as as subtle as the background. But yeah, exactly. Just sort of, you don't want a load of. You don't want it to be too big. You don't want it to be a, the wrong color. So it's just a really natural. It's like it's like, like an off white. Well, that's that's the perfect thing. You've, it is those natural materials you've got. You've got the natural canvas. Is it canvas is or that, linen? Yeah, it's 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 um, linen canvas. So you've got the natural wood going round as the frame exactly. coming into the canvas and then it, it goes on to the, the, the skin tones. Perfect. Yeah. I just think all of that, if you keep it all really, really natural and really kind of natural colours, then it just sort of pops as you add little hints of, you know, really bright colours when the light hits things or that's why I love painting Ruby because of all the amazing different wigs and, you know, different bits of fabric and everything. So yeah, just yeah. keep everything really, really natural and bring it to life with a Brilliant. pop of colour. What are the dates of the other art fair? It's the 17th, Thursday the 17th to Sunday the 20th. And do you know how much it is to get in and where people can get the tickets I've no idea how that all works. Um, I think I'll find that here at the time. Um, and I believe I'm going to get, just from sort of reading about it, I believe I'm going to get um, like a code that people can use to get a discount off tickets. So obviously Excellent. once I know about all of that, I will be plastering that all over Instagram so as many people as possible will do that hopefully. You can just contact the other art fair, and um, it's always a good show. Yeah, I'm. I am really, really, really looking forward to it. I just think it's going to be a lot of fun. I really can't wait as well to see all the other artists that are there because I don't really know of. I mean, I know of a couple that are going to be there, but I'm excited to have a look around. Although I probably won't get a huge amount of opportunity to do that. But yeah, as soon as it starts running and the press starts going, it's it's a yeah, it's a, it's a great feeling. 
Yeah, it's exciting. And I'm, I'm really, really glad I have at least done one art fair first. So a lot of because I had to put a lot of work into that and just working out, well, how do I want to hang these? How do I want to put the signs next to them? How do you know? So I've kind of at least I've done some of that work. So I keep on panicking, thinking, oh, my God, it's not that far away. And I need to do more paintings and I need to prepare for it. But hopefully there's not quite as much prep this time. Yeah, because every every year they have a featured artist who yeah. does something in the foyer or or with with the charity that are involved. And just before lockdown hit, yeah. I got asked to work alongside the Connor brothers doing something to do with portraits of inmates with the um, charity Calm. The um, lockdown hit and that didn't happen. So, oh, no. Yeah, so that was quite a shame. Yeah, I look forward to, to seeing your work there and to seeing you in person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's been nice to meet you via Zoom at last, but it'll be even better to meet you in person. Well, when I went to the, the other art fair last time, yeah. um, it was the first time that I'd engaged with artists that I'd known on Instagram and like during lockdown, because I've got to know several artists very well over the last two years, but yeah. never met face to face. Yeah. And, and it was quite strange to sort of meet these people that I've only ever seen on, the, <laughs> on Zoom, you know, or, yeah, or yeah. Instagram. Yeah, seeing them face to face, it was it was it was great, and there were so many of them as well, you know. Well, that's the brilliant thing about something like the other art fair that you'll have a lot of artists rather than you know a small affair where you know you're not going to know as many people. But yeah, it's just even meeting people is still feels a, to me a bit like a novelty. I know we've been able to leave the house for a while, but it still feels quite odd. You know, that's you know, art fair East was like that, just to be out of the house and meeting some people that I knew on Instagram and, and yeah. a few people that came to see me because of Instagram. It's like, oh, you're you know, you're a real person. We're out and everything. It's just it's yeah, it still feels quite surreal to be able to do that. Oh man, it, it, I'm so looking forward to the time when it's not awkward, when you can just shake someone by the hand yeah, or yeah, exactly. you know, give them a hug. You don't know whether to shake, elbow, yeah, fist really pump hard. or nothing at all, you know. It is really hard. And it was hard as well at the art fair, at art fairies to have to wear masks. You know, completely understand why we had to wear masks. And, you know, much rather it happen with masks than not have to have, not, not be able to happen at all. But it's still, you know, just like, it's not as easy to communicate with people when yeah. you you know you want to catch someone's eye and you don't really know kind of if they're smiling or yeah so I'm really looking forward to that being able to because I don't know whether we'll have to wear masks for the other art fair or not when I went on the last one there was hand sanitized stations everywhere everyone yeah. was asked to wear a mask yeah all the guidelines were met when I last went yeah so yeah I guess it will be masked which is you know it, it, that is much better than than you know risking people's safety but yeah I'm definitely looking forward to the days when we don't have to do that and where can anyone find your work be it online or social media um social media is the main place instagram where i am karen underscore turner underscore artist um and then my website is karen turner but they both lead to each other so finding one will take you to the other excellent that karen is all my questions asked <laughs> Yay, well, I finally made it onto the podcast. It's so <laughs> having, having listened to it for so long, and now I'm inside it. Brilliant. <laughs> and I, I was trying to, to wreck my brains where I first may have seen your work. Was you in any Gita Joshi's Yes. Yeah, I was. Because I mean, we actually started talking because of that, because I think you were on her podcast. 
yeah and then she was on yours um and so then I found you on Instagram and started following you and then we just started chatting through that so you probably saw a little bit through that but then um yeah I was in her I can't remember which one but I was in one last yeah. year and and then I was in art scene the latest one that came out at the end of last year but yeah second edition I'm in that somewhere I can't remember what page but actually there's a picture of the studio in there as well excellent yeah, she's got the, the third copy coming out shortly. Yes, yeah. It's a really, really good magazine. Really good. Well, as I said, that's all my questions asked. I hope you have a great time at the other art fair between the 17th and the 20th of March. <laughs> great experience, and I will see you there. I'm really looking forward to it. Take care. See you soon. Ta-da. Well, hope you enjoyed that episode of the Ministry of Arts podcast. If you're unable to support us on Patreon... Leaving a review on whichever platform you listen to this podcast really does help us get noticed and anyone else looking for an art podcast. Or even giving us a positive shout out on your social media. Anything is appreciated. But either way, thanks for listening. And until next week, ta-da. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormal 
abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.